Hello, and welcome to Grim and Whim, unnerving tales to haunt, mystify, and spark curiosity. Let's be curious together. Today's episode will touch on topics such as death and suicide. So if you aren't in the headspace to listen to that today, be kind to your mind, and I'll see you in another episode. Today we will be looking at the very bizarre story, a story that many people should know, but many don't. And it's definitely one of those tales that could be described as stranger than fiction. To say that Ron and Joy Holiday were an interesting couple is an understatement. Mr. and Mrs. Holiday were actually Ron and Doris Gway, and they changed their names for the stage. He and Joy, whose name was Doris when they first met, they met as children in 1954 at a dance studio in Bidford, Maine, and the couple were very talented in the art of ballet, and they fell in love with the love of dance and also a love between the two of them, and they eventually got married. They moved to New York and then Paris, and they worked as adagio dancers at Radio City Music Hall. Adagio is a type of dance style that blends classical ballet with the movement of acrobatics, and so it's a really beautiful type of dance style. The couple shared the stage with performers such as Bob Hope, Liza Minnelli, Sammy Davis Jr., and Ron even danced in the original Broadway production of My Fair Lady. As you can see in this video, the couple was very talented in the art of dance and acrobatics, and to do these types of tricks, you have to be able to trust your partner. So it's very clear that the couple worked well together and they found a lot of success, especially in the city of Las Vegas. A friend of the couple, an actor and animal lover, William Holden, gave Ron and Joy their first big cat and it was a baby leopard. With this new addition, they began adding animal illusions to their act and some of these kind of illusions included joy disappearing into a silver ball, flames would flash, and then a tiger or a leopard would leap from the ball. And it was a pretty remarkable trick. And it was definitely a, a showstopper, a crowd pleaser. With the addition of these cats into the show, um, they began touring the world, playing nightclubs and casinos, and they even appeared on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. And when the couple wasn't touring, they lived in St. Petersburg in a stone Mediterranean revival-style house, and it had a big yard for their growing family of big cats. Fifteen years later, life got a bit more complicated for the holidays as their act began to grow in popularity. So they moved from their humble abode in St. Petersburg to a larger ranch outside of Gainesville with more space for rehearsal and also more space 
for their ever-growing cast of large, large cats. The couple then added a young zoology major and musician to their group, and his name was Chuck Liza. And they added him to the troupe in the year 1988. And the three seemed to work really well together. In their act, Ron was the one who was designing more of the costumes, and Chuck wrote the music and was also the trainer for the big cats, and then Joy did choreography. But their working relationship did turn into something more. With time, Chuck became more of a love interest than just a co-worker, and Chuck joined the couple and they became a thruple or a threesome. Chuck was a couple decades younger than Joy and Ron, but regardless, the threesome became intertwined, both professionally and romantically. Unfortunately, though, tragedy and suspicious circumstances were on the horizon for the threesome. We became lovers, the three of us. It was just something that happened that was beautiful. Let's move on now from... Ron, Joy, and Chuck, and let's discuss the big cats that were in their shows and in their home. I wasn't able to find the exact number of large cats they had. Um, I know that they had different cats at different times, but I know that it wasn't like Tiger King, you know, Joe Exotic numbers. They didn't have, you know, a whole petting zoo worth of large cats, but um, they primarily worked with tigers, but they also had some panthers and leopards. They trained all of their exotic cats from birth, and they claimed that love and rewards was the secret to build trust with these animals. However, while I'm sure that the couple put in the work to train the cats, at the end of the day, they are still wild animals, and they're Natural instincts and behaviors are some of the reasons why these large animals haven't been domesticated. They require a more difficult habitat to replicate. That's why typically when you see large cats, they are in zoos or in, you know, refuge or sanctuaries. And that's really the best place for them until... They can go back into the wild or if you know they are meant to spend their final days there it's at least a safe option for the cats and then also for the people around them while the couple felt like these cats were part of their family they did get a bit too comfortable and eventually tragedy struck in september 1998 everything began to fall apart with a freak accident with their white Bengal tiger named Jupiter. And Jupiter was a three-year-old tiger and 400 pounds at the time. And he had been with the troop since he was a baby. Um, he was a prized feline performer in the trio's act and a beautiful animal. If you've never seen, you know, pictures of you know, these white Bengal tigers. They're just so beautiful to look at. And because he was raised from birth, 
it seemed that the bond between him and the owners were pretty strong, um, especially with Chuck, because Chuck was the one who was spending the most time with Jupiter and also the one who was more in charge of the training. And so what happened next, nobody saw coming. And basically what happened was Chuck was wearing moccasins. Um, At least that's how Ron describes the event. And he tripped over some debris while he was um, on the set with Jupiter. And he tripped over this debris and fell directly onto Jupiter. And this startled the cat, obviously. I mean, the tiger freaked out. And its, you know, natural instincts kicked in and it got Chuck by the neck and it ended up snapping Chuck's neck. I have someone here. Someone just got bit by a tiger. And it happened very quickly, according to Ron, and Chuck sadly died in Ron's arms at only age 34, which is incredibly sad. This next section discusses depression, suicide, and more death. And so if you aren't in the headspace for that, um, go ahead and leave this episode and I'll see you in another one. But with that being said, let's look at the aftermath of this initial tragedy. Both Ron and Joy were devastated by Chuck's death. And Joy especially began to spiral into a deep depression. She refused to leave her bed or eat, and she began losing a lot of weight, um, apparently about like 20 pounds in the span of five weeks. And she was already sort of a smaller lady. Um, She was a very fit person, you know, being a dancer and an acrobat. So she was, you know, already lean, you know, muscular, but then she lost all this weight and became very, very weak. The grief of losing their lover manifested in an act that no one saw coming. At age 58, when Joy was walking into Jupiter's enclosure, so the same tiger that killed Chuck, when she walked into the enclosure, the tiger lunged at Joy and she was killed instantly. And... This is Ron's recollection of the event um, because he was the only witness. He says that he wasn't really expecting Joy to be as weak as she was. And so when she went into the enclosure and she was like waving around, you know, some like meat for Jupiter, um, you know, he just expected it would go as usual. But what he didn't expect was that for whatever reason the tiger was you know triggered by something and leapt at joy and ron describes it as like a full-blown attack and he apparently the tiger apparently grabbed joy by her neck and threw her body at the roof of the enclosure and some people have a theory that maybe Joy was trying to commit suicide by tiger and she was trying to walk into the enclosure and maybe provoke the tiger because you know she was so depressed and she didn't want to live anymore 
while others believe that it was just another freak accident, just like Chuck's tragedy. Jupiter the tiger was ultimately shot to death by the authorities following Joy's death. And there is a bit of a conspiracy around Jupiter the tiger and Ron because cats are going to do what cats are going to do. But some people think that maybe Ron had orchestrated these attacks. And we're going to get into why some people think that something more nefarious was happening. People are suspicious of Ron for several reasons. First, there's a chance that maybe the trio's romance was not working out the way that they had hoped. Um, as it often happens, sometimes when there is um, a trio um, or a thruple, sometimes there might be more attraction for one than the other or you know three can sometimes make it difficult to really share intimacy and some people make it work um, but not always and some people believe that Ron might have been a bit jealous of Chuck which makes sense I mean he is a younger man um, and a lot of people are also suspicious by the fact that in both of these tiger attacks Ron was a witness to both, and he's also the sole survivor. I don't know how you could possibly, if a tiger is just randomly attacking, why it wouldn't attack Ron, why it would only attack Chuck and Joy. To me, it does seem a little strange that he wasn't harmed in the slightest, like not a scratch, a bruise, nothing. And in both attacks, Ron is the one who is relaying the stories to the authorities. We don't have any um, surveillance footage, no other witnesses. That does make it a little bit more suspicious. And the stories are pretty nonsensical as well. I can kind of understand Chuck's death being, an, you know, a true accident. You know, he tripped and fell spooked the tiger and the tiger just instinct you know it took over and he went at chuck that one makes sense to me but joy seems a little bit more suspicious i don't know why you would let your loved one who you know has been not feeling well like emotionally and then also physically you know she hasn't left bed she hasn't eaten you know, she's showing these signs of depression. And I don't know why you would, you know, want to allow her to go feed the tiger. To me, especially since the tiger had killed someone else, I would be thinking, okay, this is a terrible tragedy and maybe we need to consider rehoming this tiger. And it could just be negligence on Ron's part like maybe he wasn't really thinking but many people don't think that these were simply just freak accidents that came out of nowhere. The story of the couple turned trio and the tragic end to two of the Axe members became the topic of the documentary Cat Dancers and this came out in 2007. The documentary essentially covers 
what I've already gone over with you. So consider this video a too long, didn't read version of the documentary um, because it has a runtime of about an hour and 15 minutes. And it definitely received mixed reviews. The documentary primarily centers around Ron, which makes sense because he is the only one alive to share his experiences. And some people found the story to be really compelling and enjoyed peering into the lives of these performers and just really interesting people. Um, but others were appalled by the treatment of the animals and they just had a bad taste in their mouth with Ron Holiday. Um, with regards to Ron, he kind of is a bit of a character. Um, I wouldn't say he's like Tiger King, Joe Exotic level of character, but he definitely talks a lot about how much he loves these animals, but some of his choices don't actually reflect that love. So at the end of the documentary, the audience is told that rather than finding a sanctuary um, or someplace that specializes in big cats to house his remaining tigers, he instead had them put to sleep. Um, so basically, he had them in this one boarding place and then they basically were exited from the boarding place and instead of finding you know, new boarding and, you know, appropriate for these large cats, he just had them put to sleep. And a lot of people were really frustrated with that choice. And I totally understand that housing big cats can be incredibly difficult. But then that begs the question, if you can't take on exotic animals, is it ethical to have them at all? In my opinion, no. I don't think that you should. I think that it is a disservice to the animals. And as we see in this story, it can also be quite fatal to humans. And there are so many stories where people take on exotic animals, animals that really are not meant to be domesticated and live amongst humans. And tragically, a lot of times the owners or you know, people that are over at their house or, you know, whatever, end up, you know, having severe injuries or even die due to the animal attacking. And it's not like it's a bad animal, right? It's not a bad animal, but it is a wild animal. And so they do have, you know, these instincts that are in their DNA. And it doesn't really matter if you've raised them since they were cubs, a tiger is still going to do what a tiger does when it's threatened or when it's hungry. So you might be wondering, what is Ron Holiday up to nowadays? Well, I did find his Twitter account and he is now living in Florida. And in his bio, which is quite an interesting read, <laughs> he describes himself as a proud survivor, a once Vegas star, cat dancer, and adagio ballet legend of incomparable accomplishment and talent so pretty humble right and he also claims to be an expert on exotic cats which 
I find a little troubling and a little ironic, considering what we know. And also, he never went to school or had any proper training in zoology or working with, you know, this specific type of animal. So claiming to be an expert is a little bit problematic. It's sort of like if you own a snake as a pet and you claim to be an expert in snake handling and you've never actually had any former training you might love the snake you might you know get along with the snake and maybe you've even had the snake since it was little um, or a baby or whatever but at the end of the day you're not a snake handling expert you are a person who owns a snake and there is a reason why formal training exists when it comes to handling animals, especially animals that have the potential to be dangerous. But that's the thing about Ron. When you watch the documentary, it is clear that he does love these animals. That is clear. But just because you love animals doesn't mean that you're qualified to work with and train these animals. And when people do this with exotic and dangerous animals such as large cats, tragedies can happen. And similar to Joe Exotic, loving big cats doesn't mean that you should house big cats. Because big cats require a very specific environment, very specific handling and diet and safety protocols to protect the animal and to protect those around them. But with all that being said, that is where I'm going to end today's episode. And I'd love to know what are your thoughts about the cat dancers? And more importantly, what are your thoughts about Ron? Do you think there is more to the story than two freak accidents? Or do you think something more nefarious could have been brewing? Let me know in the comment section because I'd love to know your thoughts on the topic. And if you liked this video, please make sure to subscribe and like the video. And I will see you in the next one. Bye. Thank you so much for joining me. It's goodbye for now but I hope to haunt you again soon.